0: Hello there. Hello. Good to be back in snowy Rochester on this Sunday morning. I uh, flew in back to Rochester on Friday. Had a bit of a nightmare situation. I got to the airport, the Southwest Florida International Airport, and I should put some context to this. I left a day or excuse me, a day early from this family vacation because I emceed. The make-a-wish foundation gala last night at the hyatt in rochester and i uh we were supposed to end the family vacation on saturday yesterday uh but i didn't want to risk that just in case flights got delayed or anything happened you know i last thing i wanted to do was call poor make-a-wish foundation yesterday and say oh i'm sorry i won't be i have to cancel my appearance at your gala two hours before your gala you know that's i was trying to avoid that so i said well i'm gonna just fly back a day early Plus, you know, I was vacationing with my in-laws, and I absolutely love my in-laws. I will say, after spending a week with my in-laws, they are, every single one of them, down to their core, their hearts, they are good people. They are good people who all want good things. But they're still your in-laws. You know what I mean? They're still, like, there's just things that, uh, and, and by the way, I, there, there's weird things about every My family's got a million weird things. You vacation with my family for a week, you'll hate my family after a week. There's no doubt we are annoying as shit. My family, I'm not saying that about my in-laws, they're perfect, but my family, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What I'm trying to say is after a week with anybody, you're going to, you're going to have a couple things where you're like, eh, you know, okay, I'm ready to move on. They felt the same way about me. Again, I, I, I'm very, very, very self-aware in these situations. I'm extremely annoying. Very annoying. I annoy myself. Anyway. It wasn't the worst thing in the world, as I'm trying to say, to cut this vacation a day early. It was fine. It is what it is. I was happy to do it for this gala. So I get to the airport Friday morning. I had rented a car. So I've got this rental car. And by the way, when I first rented that car, I did it months ago and did a prepay. Got a hell of a rate. I think I told you guys last week that I think I paid $320 all in. That was after taxes and everything. That was all in. $319 for seven days in a Ford Expedition, uh, which is a gas guzzler, I get that. But nonetheless, it was it was a pretty good deal. I, I think I paid for a full-size SUV, which because when I travel with my in-laws, there's like seven of us, so I've always had to do a full-size SUV as the rental car. And uh, I was paying close to $100 a day, I think, in the past on those. And this time, yeah, so good deal. Anyway, I have this car originally rented through Saturday. I returned it to the airport a whole day early on Friday. Now, I should have known something was peculiar when I woke up Friday morning and the Delta app just wouldn't work, just kept crashing. Now, I'm kicking myself. I'm mad at myself because I should have uninstalled it and reinstalled it. But the app, every time I opened it Friday morning, just kept crashing. But I really didn't have time. I didn't feel like messing with it. No big deal. It's okay. I'm signed, I'm like, I have, you know, a, a Sky Miles number, I have a uh, Delta Amex. Honestly, Delta over-communicates with me, right? I get texts and emails constantly, especially on a day when I'm flying. Your gate has been announced. You are four hours from boarding. You are two hours from boarding. Your bag has been boarded. You know, like all those different things. I get a million emails from Delta. And that morning I had nothing. Zero emails. So I just kind of went about my life assuming everything was fine. They would email me if anything changed. If my flight gets delayed by 15 minutes, I get an email, a text, and a phone call. So I just assume everything's okay. I uh, drive an hour from Marco Island to the Southwest Florida International Airport. I return my rental car a full day early. I check my bag. (laughs) I go to check my bag, I should say. And I find out in that moment, my flight has been canceled. Now, I'm looking at the board, and I am flying from that airport to LaGuardia, New York City, and then LaGuardia to Rochester. And there are three LaGuardia flights and three JFK flights that day, too. So six flights going to New York City. On time, on time, on time, on time, on time, canceled. I'm like, what the F? Of course, the person working at the desk tells me weather. It's weather-related, which I believe they are trained to say no matter what because it's the one and only thing that gets them out of having to give you anything for inconveniences, right? If it's ever their fault, they owe you things like refunds and credits and stuff like that. But if it's not their fault, if it's an act of God like weather, then they don't owe you anything. So I'm pretty sure anytime anything is delayed or canceled, their training is just to say weather, 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 weather. So I spend a little bit of time kind of complaining about, well, why do you have five flights, you know, that are fine and one flight that is uh, canceled if the weather is so bad in New York City right Mm -hmm. now? And her answer was, well, it could be the time you're landing. And I said, well, wouldn't that just be a delay, not a cancellation? And then she was just like, I don't know, sir. I just work at the desk. And 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 then I was like, oh, my God, I think I'm being difficult. Let me just lay off. So I just laid off. And I find out the next best thing they can do is the next morning at 8 a.m. So almost a 23-hour delay. And I'm like, no, I, can't. I told her, I, I, I'm really sorry. I have this event. So does it make any difference? I'm literally going home for a Make-A-Wish Foundation fundraiser, uh, of which I am the MC, which means very responsible for raising money for Make-A-Wish Foundation. And it's really important I get home. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm sorry, sir, you know, final destination, New York City, that's all we have. And then I said, oh, good, okay, oh, my goodness, I, I, I didn't communicate this properly. My final destination is Rochester, New York. Oh, sir, that changes everything. Let me see what else we have. And so the next best thing she had was a 7 p.m. flight. Now, this is 10 a.m., a 7 p.m. flight through Atlanta to get to Rochester. I say, you know, it's the best I can do, I'll take it. So I take it. And now here I am with about eight hours. But it's okay, right? I've got this rental car. I just returned a day early. They owe me a day of rental. I I returned this car a day early. I go back to Hertz rental car. Hey, guys, I returned this car a full day early. I'm assuming you can give it back to me or at least give me something else. doesn't even have to be the same car. I'll take the worst car on your entire lot. Uh, Nope, sir. Sorry. Can't do that. Huh? Yeah, no. Sorry, sir. You already returned your car. That transaction is complete. Uh, we can't do that. Oh, yeah, okay, well, how about just a new transaction, but you comp it for me since I paid you for seven days and only used six. No, sir, can't do that. Oh uh, God, okay, fine. End up paying something like $55, way cheaper than just Ubering. Now, I had considered just sitting in the airport and doing work. That was the other option, kind of the backup plan. I was like, hey, why don't I just sit in the airport and kind of do work for eight hours? You know, it would be a good chance for me to just get a bunch of stuff done. But even in, in that case, you know, it's a beautiful Friday afternoon. It's 80 degrees. It's sunny. My wife and child are an hour away, and I have eight free hours. I I just I couldn't convince myself that the smarter move was to just sit and stare at my laptop for eight hours. So I said, all right, you know what? I'm going back. So I rent this car for whatever price. They give me a good price. And I go all the way back, and, and sure enough, end up getting on that 7 p.m. flight. Land in Rochester at 1.03 a.m., and then I'm wired, absolutely wired haven't eaten anything, by the way, for hours, so I door-dash Wendy's because the only thing open at 1 a.m. It shows up in the shadiest shape of ever. It shows a guy drops, drops my Wendy's off, and then he sits in my driveway for an extra 10 minutes. And I go, well, I'm not going out my front door with this guy sitting in my driveway because all I'm picturing is that there's somebody around the corner of my front door waiting to jump me. And then they're going to, like, do a, a home intrusion or something. I don't know. See, I'm very paranoid. (laughs) Uh, And then, um, finally he drives away. I say, okay, he's driven away. I'm going to, uh, now I'm going to go out and grab my food. I grab my food. The seal on the food is broken. You know what I'm saying? Like, with DoorDash, how they've got the stickers that show that, like, your bag hasn't been tampered with? It's been tampered with. The bag has been tampered with. It's literally, I can literally see that the, 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 um... Seal has been broken and I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> what are you gonna do? It's one thirty, you're starving, and you're staring at some otherwise just fine Wendy's, other than the fact that the seal has been broken. And so, how about this? I decide, you know what? Just F it. Just F it. I'm just gonna eat the Wendy's. I eat the Wendy's, and you know you wanna know what my hunch was, and I think I might have been right. I literally counted the chicken nuggets. I had ordered a 10-piece spicy nugget, a cheeseburger, and a fry. There were nine nuggets. And I I have a conspiracy theory that that I paid the nugget tax. I have a conspiracy theory that this driver was just like, well, taking a nugget. (laughs) Nothing you can do about it. Taking a nugget. (sighs) So... Yeah, it was a really, really good vacation. It was really good. I do love my in-laws. They're wonderful people, uh, as I said. There's a, are there a couple things? Look, my family's got its stuff. My family's got its My family, like my wife will always, I always ask my wife, I go, what's the stuff about my family that's just super annoying on vacation? And her thing that she says is super annoying is she says it's annoying the way we plan meals because we are regimented around meals. My family is all about what's for breakfast. At breakfast, the lead topic of conversation is what's for lunch. And at lunch, you guessed it, the lead conversation, what's for dinner. So, you know, my wife says, well, that's, that's what's annoying. She says, all you guys do is plan your entire days around meals. And also, like, my cousin and I are both the types of people who will just do days and weeks of research on restaurants literally like i pretty much anytime i'm going anywhere i will know the restaurants i'll know what's around me and what's good and what's not based on reviews i usually one of my secrets is i'll find whoever the like foodie content creators they don't like to be called influencers anymore but you know the foodie like influencers in that area, and I'll direct message them on Instagram and just be like, yo, give me the scoop on the local restaurant scene. I want to go to the spots the locals are going to, not the tourist traps, and I do my research. Like, I'm going to Baton Rouge, Louisiana in October for a Rotary Conference, and I just started literally last night. I was waiting to get Florida under my belt. I just started last night doing my research for Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Like just started, kind of like figuring out the downtown and like what are the hot restaurants, what are the local, what's the local food? You know, is it feasible to drive to New Orleans one night for dinner? Like, I'm trying to figure out all kinds of stuff. I can understand to my wife that's very annoying because my wife is normal. Her family is like very normal. The way they 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 eat very light. They barely eat breakfast. They nibble breakfast. They kind of nibble around lunch you know like they don't eat big meals really until dinner every single day and uh, and my family eats big meals three times a day. So um, for my wife that's just total like shell shock when she sees just like these people just go on vacation to pig out the whole time. I'm like, yeah, I eat and drink on vacation I do th- I do basically three things. I eat pig and I, I eat I pig out, I drink and I sightsee. I go look at stuff. And for those reasons, I generally, the negative on that, the repercussion on that is I usually come back from vacation exhausted. I'm one of those people who comes back from vacation never well-rested, always exhausted. So uh, that's that's the problem because I don't stop. I don't stop and relax, whereas my wife's family does pretty much the exact opposite. All they do is relax on vacation. They basically go to the pool or the beach and spend the entire day just kind of sitting, and they'll they'll like they'll sunbathe, they'll go in the water a little bit, they'll read a book, you know. But they basically just that's it. That's all day every day is just to the pool to the beach. I think it's great for them. It doesn't work for me. That doesn't really click with my personality. I can't deal. I can't stop for that long. My my body and brain won't allow stopping for hours and hours on end. Uh, But I got no judgment against that. I think that's great, and that's how some people vacation. I actually called my mother, and I thanked her because when we would vacation when I was a child, my mother always weaved in educational stuff. So we would go on vacation to, like, Mount Vernon, or we would go to Washington, D.C., or we went to, like, Boston. And it's always about history, history. And seeing historical sites and learning things about that local culture and that, that local history. And I would tell my, my – I called my mother actually on this vacation just now this past week. And I said, I want to thank you so much for that because I think you made me a curious person. I think I'm a curious person for that reason. Like I can't go to Fort Myers, Florida without wondering why is it called Fort Myers. And I can't go to Marco Island without wondering like who's Marco. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> – Like, there's got to be a story here, right? And that's weird. It's very weird. It's very weird. I think a lot of people are very content to do the way my wife does. My wife and her family, they just go and they just sit for like a week. And they come back probably fully charged. They feel like they were on vacation. I get that. I get that that's great. I don't have it in me. It's not in my DNA to just sit and stare or not, you know, sit and do nothing. I can't do it. I'm jealous of it. Because I think right now I'm tired, and I'm going. And it's a Sunday as I record this Sunday morning. I've got a. Uh, I, I yesterday had two volunteer events. This morning I have a volunteer event, and then t- and then it, this afternoon I'm going out to work because we are uh, kosherizing our plant today, and we're going to run kosher for the next two weeks. And um, it's so it's it, you know I don't even get to relax yet. Like I I don't relax, and that's a problem. And I recognize that that's a problem. I will say restaurant etiquette is one if, – if there's going to be one thing, I will say restaurant etiquette is is a tough thing for me sometimes. Can I give you a pet peeve that I have uh, that I've had ever since I was a server at Red Lobster when I was a child that remains to this day? And it is something that, that did happen. Now, listen, my in-laws are listening to this right now, and they're all listening to this, sharing it with each other and going, what an asshole he is. But I'm not, a, I'm not an asshole – This is something we need to work on, okay, guys? When the server comes, it is perfectly acceptable to ask the server for anything you need. I need water. I need ketchup. I need a fork. Whatever it is, perfectly acceptable. That's fine. However, let's try and get it all together at once. What what unfortunately I saw happen every time we went out to dinner was, can I get a glass of water? Server goes, yes, no problem. Thank you. Leaves, comes back two minutes later with water. Puts down the water. Somebody else. Can I get a fork? Uh, Yeah, yeah, sure. No problem. Gets the fork. Comes back two minutes later. Um, Can I get lemon for my water? Okay. Guys, let's get this together. What do we need? Let's give one list one time. Efficiency. Efficiency, please. That and also like, oh, God, I'm going to be in so much trouble for this. My wife's parents double the tax as a tip. And depending on where you are, that can be really short on tax and i don't know exactly what florida is but florida i think taxes generally are kind of low so if you double the tax and they have like a six percent it's a 12 percent tip at one point i think um my you know my because my wife's very conscious of that too she's always worried about did we tip enough and she will sometimes tell me like what's about to happen she'll be like the bill was two hundred dollars the tip is um you know, uh, I don't know, they're tipping, they're getting ready to tip $22. Is that good? And I'll be like, no, that's 11%. Like, no. And she'll, you know, and then she'll like tug on her dad's arm and she'll be like, dad, I think you need to add to, and he'll do it. Like, he's a good guy. He's a really, really good guy. But like, that'll happen sometimes. I don't think that that exact scenario happened on this trip, but that's one thing that I'm like worried about (laughs) like worried again. I think you just have to spend some time in life as a server or you shouldn't be allowed to go to restaurants. If you haven't been a server, I think everyone has to do 90 days. I think that should be a rule. I think every single human being alive in order to ever eat at a restaurant should have to do 90 days as a server before they're allowed to ever eat at a restaurant again. That's something I just, you know, I firmly believe it. Wonderful week. I love seeing my little boy so happy. Leo, of course, thrilled with the time in the sun and the pools and the beach. Uh, My wife with her family just in the best mood ever. Uh, Again, I I did mention my my, my in-law family. They're just wonderful people. Hearts are all just the biggest hearts in the world. They just all wish the best for everybody, and I love being around them very much. Um, it's great. It is wonderful and great and, uh, different dynamic than, you know, my family vacation we had back in January. That's my family. It's a little bit, you know, I'm more comfortable. I'm a little more comfortable being goofy around them. Um, but that is what it is. You know, it's your in-laws make a wish foundation last night. I did, you know, use that whole scenario kind of as a, like a, you know, okay. So I'm the MC and I get up, and one of my first jokes I ever do, this is my Every time, if you ever see me MC anywhere, one of my opening jokes is always going to be, I'm Pauly Guglielmo because apparently Don Hart was busy. right? And it usually gets a little laugh because obviously I'm not very famous. So uh, that always gets a little laugh. And then I say, Don is on vacation. I was also on vacation this week. I was in Florida with my in-laws. And so you all here tonight have already made one wish come true, and that is the wish that I had every single night at 4 p.m. when we went out to dinner, which was, please, please get me home. I was obviously joking and exaggerating, but it did well. It killed in the room. It was pretty good. Their uh, gala, this Make-A-Wish Foundation gala, was so elegant. They raised a ton of money last night. I think the total raised was $188,000. Their crew, I mean, their board, their volunteers, their staff—just a wonderful group of people. I mean, really, you could not ask for a better group. And, and they made emceeing this gala so easy. I emcee probably six to ten galas a, a year, and uh, and and you really just cannot beat this Make a Wish crew. I, I hope that they, I hope I did well for them, and I hope they'll have me back again next year because I was just a really big fan of theirs. And the way that they put this gala together. Now, speaking of galas, I mentioned I had a volunteer opportunity this morning. So I actually have Big Brothers Big Sisters this morning. We're making baskets because our gala is on Saturday. And that one I'm on the gala committee for. So a little bit more pressure on that one because I'm actually one of the organizers of that one. That's at uh, Oak Hill on Saturday. This one last night, Make-A-Wish, was at... Uh, the Hyatt downtown Rochester, and they did a really good job too, the Hyatt staff. I mean, they make that room look beautiful. I remember, and I mean this as a compliment to the Hyatt, because I remember I was actually at one of the very first events that they held at the Hyatt after they renovated it, and I do remember this would have been years ago. At this point, this is probably, it's definitely pre-pandemic. This would have been 2018, 19, somewhere in there. And I do recall them having some issues getting that room ready to go. But again, I think it was one of the very first events. I want to say it was Dish It Out, uh, St. Ann's Dish It Out. And I want to say it was maybe 2018. And they had just renovated the Hyatt. And I think I showed up at like 4 o'clock that day. Usually a gal will start, you know, 6 o'clock cocktail hour, 7 o'clock program. A lot of times... 5 o'clock, it will be sort of the everybody get dressed, 5.30, everyone in your place. 4 or 4.30 will be a quick little kind of dress rehearsal or run through of the program. And so a lot of times you got to go at 4, 4.30. I remember showing up to dish it out for the walkthrough at 4, 4.30 and seeing the St. Ann's staff just in a panic because the Hyatt, the room was just empty. They hadn't set anything up. And they were totally cool about it. The Hyatt was like, hey, listen, you know, your event's at 6.00. It's four fifteen. Watch this, and then you know, in the next hour, they had the room turned over because they're pros; they know what they're doing. But I do, I do remember there being some panic right off the bat on that one. Uh, okay, all right. Well, listen, I mean, I have, uh, I got a lot to go do. I got to go uh, do these baskets and kosherize the plant, and then back to work tomorrow. I have a ton to do. Obviously, being away for a week, I did kind of work from home this week um but there's only so much i can do from home i can do maybe 10% of my job from home so i got a lot to catch up on so it's going to be a busy week left my schedule pretty open for tomorrow i do have one thing happening tomorrow though just as a follow up tomorrow at 4pm monday at 4pm that's my meeting with bill Maley and brighton uh, the the bright he's the brighton town supervisor about the brighton farmers market that's tomorrow at 4pm and uh, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but I met, I met with him last June, and I was very cordial, and it was a very good meeting. This will also be cordial. I'm not going to go in guns a but this is not going to be one of those where I just kind of take we'll see for an answer. This is going to be one where I'm going to go, no, let's, let's drill down to an answer. You know, like, no, I'm not, not really leaving the office until I get either a yes, you're in, or I get a no, you're not in that I can't immediately debunk. By giving an example of another vendor who does either the exact same thing or worse. Or transparency regarding the supposedly objective way in which they decide how to make their exceptions. And why exactly would a Brighton resident, being a Brighton resident, not be high on the list of exceptions they're willing to make. So that's the goal. Hopefully next week on the podcast I'll have... More information regarding how that went. So, in the meantime, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I appreciate you, and we will talk soon. Bye bye.